Welcome to the Pre-Snap Podcast presented by Star. I'm Shannon Somerville here with Tyler Weeman, ready to break down your Sunday slate of games in week two. Week two. We got week one under our belt. We're back for more. It was a great week one. It was. A lot of chalk hit though, unfortunately. I uh, Personally, I prefer when not that much chalk hits. So. It was week one. We learned our lesson. Yep. Moving forward, we can make some adjustments. We'll get to your daily fantasy projections. We'll tell you about where we think the field is headed and our high-owned for all the different positions. And then some players we think are getting low-owned and more of sleeper picks for you in your daily fantasy. We'll also have our touchdown calls of the weekend. Yes. Looking forward got to that. Got it all. First, we'll start off with a fun story. Well, maybe not so fun for Ryan Fitzpatrick. He revealed this week... We think we solved the mother effer mystery. If you aren't familiar with the mother effer mystery, well, Tom Brady back in 2021 appeared on HBO's show called The Shop, and he revealed that during the time when he was looking for a new team after leaving the Patriots that he was courted by a lot of suitors. And one team that he was interested in I guess, didn't return the feeling. They said, we're fine with the guy we have. So Tom Brady explained. He said, you're really going to stick with that MFR? And the internet sparked a lot of rumors about who that could be. He obviously did not specify. The initial reaction was everybody thought it was Jimmy G because mm-hmm. they thought Brady would want to be going back to his hometown. San and then Francisco. also Derek Carr was in that Derek conversation. Derek Carr was in the mix, which I believe he said it's not Derek Carr. Yeah. <laughs> well, this week we heard from Ryan Fitzpatrick, and he said, well, Ryan Fitzpatrick, that whole rumor started because of the when the tampering allegations came out for the Dolphins. Then it was like, oh, maybe it's Ryan Fitzpatrick who had been playing for the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, Ryan Fitzpatrick elaborated on that and saying he he definitely thinks he was the guy he was referring to and i feel like he probably has pretty good insight into it so he thinks he's that guy he said also he kind of went on and said brady pisses him off he said he would never shake his hand after games yeah you know just right to the locker room and you know what's funny is like i don't know how you don't like fitz magic it's magic. Well, I have my own reasons because he was the quarterback for the Jets when they were basically like one play away from going to the playoffs and he threw a pick. But Yeah, he but seems without like a good him dude. without him you wouldn't have been in the position to almost go to the playoffs. Fair enough. He's got a great beard. He does. There's that. He does have a great beard. He, I uh, love that he speaks his mind though and he's not afraid because I'm sure there are guys that wouldn't necessarily he also had some good fantasy games yeah uh, yes that's true there were some games when he threw like five touchdowns and he would go off yep absolutely i'm down for some fitz magic <laughs> so yeah uh but yeah Brady so he's the mfer you know giselle also i'm sure is saying that these days though too about brady yeah that Brady's the MF. Well, no, that Brady pisses him <laughs> off, pisses her off, I guess. Oh yeah. Trouble in paradise there. Yeah. But yeah. I digress. Let's wonder, get in. <laughs> Go ahead. I wonder why Brady wouldn't shake his hand. That's, we'll have to ask Tom Just Brady when petty. he comes on the podcast. Just seems <laughs> petty. It's like <laughs> it is something, right? They teach you in uh, 
growing up in all it's the like, sports, Little League, everything. Yeah. Gotta shake the hands. It's just sportsmanship. As heated as it gets in our adult league softball games. Yeah, still, <laughs> we always shake hands still at shake the hands. <laughs> all right, let's get into some daily fantasy here today. Let's get things back on track. Yep. All the information we're about to go over is available on the LineStar app. LineStarapp.com. Check it out. Get your subscription right now, $29.99 per month. And we've got that new Props Edge tool, so some great value there. It'll help you dominate the sports books, get the best bets. Also on underdog and prize picks, kind of the best leverage that you can get there mm-hmm. as well. So make sure you check it out, linestarapp.com. Link is below. Also, the links to Underdog and Prize Picks. If you don't already have it already, they are legal in most states to place some of those prop bets. So check out those links below and use the promo codes that are listed below. All right. Let's get into these high-owned guys for week two in the NFL. We'll start with quarterback. We've got Matt Stafford against the Falcons, Derek Carr against the Cardinals, Lamar Jackson against the Dolphins here. So three guys really high owned in this situation. Let's start off with Matty Stafford coming off a bit of a disappointing week against the Bills. Not exactly what we expected. You know, maybe a little bit of that Super Bowl hangover. Possibly. What do you make, though, about his matchup against the Falcons this week? Well, let me start off. Do you think he has some dog in him? Do you think he can bounce back? Of course. He has the bulldog. He is a he dog. He is a bulldog. He is a Georgia bulldog. All right. <laughs> but anyways, uh, Winston put up really good numbers against this Falcon team. 270 yards, mm-hmm. two touchdowns. I think Stafford can bounce back from that really bad week one. I don't think his elbow is the issue that maybe some people think right. it was going on. Really, it was just a good Bills team. Yeah, that's the best defense in the league. And arguably. a very improved Bills defense. Mm-hmm. Atlanta defense isn't scary. They allow mm-hmm. 22% uh, more fantasy points, win away. And that Atlanta offense looked a lot better, better than expected at least. And so maybe they can keep up a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll win the game. He'll probably lose by a decent amount, but maybe they can score enough points to keep uh, Matty Ice throwing. But a or, much sorry, different... not Matty Ice. That's Ryan, Matt Stafford. Matty Stafford. Yeah. <laughs> but it is his former team in the Falcons. That's why you got confused there. Yes, it's Matty Ice's former, former team. team. Yeah. So looking at this matchup from a fantasy perspective, given the ownership is pretty high on Matt Stafford here. Would you fade it at all, given the kind of disappointing week he had, or are you willing to roster him? I absolutely am willing to fade him. And the reason being is he's not going to beat you rushing. Mm -hmm. And say if you play Cooper Cup, you could get all those Stafford points essentially also just because he targets Cup so much. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, you could play Higby and get some of those also maybe if he Higby has a good game. He did have 11 targets last week. So I think there are some ways that you can fade him and still, you know, capture some of those points. Another quarterback we're looking at with Mm -hmm. some high ownership is Derek Carr this week going up against the Cardinals, their first home game in Las Vegas there. Now he struggled week one uh, at the Chargers, three interceptions in that Mm -hmm. game. However, that Arizona defense was absolutely embarrassed by Patrick Mahomes. 
360 yards, five touchdowns. So that being said, looking like a favorable matchup for Derek Carr. Absolutely. Mahomes absolutely carved them up. The defense looked atrocious. They had no pass rush. One thing we will have to bring up is that J.J. Watt says he is hopefully going to play. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so that will obviously help out that uh, defense quite a bit. But still, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. And everybody was beating in the secondary. I think you got to like Carr here. And then with that, you know, some of the pass catchers here. Next up, we got Lamar Jackson. They are hosting the Dolphins in this one. Yep. Now, this is a Dolphins defense that's pretty tough on paper, mm-hmm. uh, especially that pass defense. Over the last two years, they have ranked ninth and seventh in pass defense, uh, defensive adjusted value over average, and they have held passers to the ninth lowest adjusted completion rate. So a couple stats to throw at you there. Could be a little bit tougher than the Jets is basically what I'm saying. Absolutely will be tougher than the Jets. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, that Miami defense is good. They are much better at home. They are going to be away this time. But all in all, it's really hard for me to kind of go here in this matchup. It's not the best matchup. And on FanDuel, at least, he's way too high high owned for me. So I don't love it, but I I mean, it is Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. He can beat you with the legs, and that's really what you need uh, for him to give you that big fantasy game. I have a stat for you. Jackson, when blitzed, has a passing grade of 53, which is 34th among 39 qualified quarterbacks. Miami was the second heaviest blitzing team in the NFL last season. <sighs> to your point, yeah, might be a good guy to fade. Yeah, I I don't love it this week. So the the other thing is just like his weapons. I'm not really crazy about like, I mean, he has Mark Andrews, who's great. But then Rashad Bateman, you know, we're not really sure what we got from him. I'm not that impressed. Mm-hmm. Devin Duvernay, same kind of thing. So I think it could be a tough matchup for him with. Yeah. Without really good options. So. Let's take a look now at high-owned running backs. We're looking at Saquon Barkley. Man, did he have a breakout week one. Daryl Henderson against the Falcons. We've got Javante Williams going up against the Texans and Christian McCaffrey at New York Giants. So Saquon Barkley, man. He's back. back. Saquon had an unbelievable week one. Ran for a league high 164 yards in the Giants. Come from behind 21-20 win over the Tennessee Titans. And listen to this. On his 68-yard run in week one, Saquon Barkley hit a top speed of 21.1 miles per hour. That's the second fastest speed by any ball carrier last week, which is absolutely insane so he's definitely back to his form Mm -hmm. this time facing a carolina panthers defense that mm, yeah leaves a lot to be desired the browns running backs just destroyed the panthers uh barkley is absolutely back he had a huge workload last week and also a huge target share which is kind of important to note uh so he's catching Mm -hmm. a lot of passes rushing the ball really well i think he's going to be over 9k very soon so he's just kind of too cheap here, so it's no surprise that the field's going there. Yeah, Nick Chubb, 141 yards on the ground against Carolina. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, Brown's averaging 5.6 yards per carry, so not a good start for 
that Panthers And defense. add on to that, Kareem Hunt had yeah. two touchdowns pa- uh, re- receiving the ball, catching the ball. So there you go. Nice play there. Daryl Henderson mm-hmm. going up against the Falcons. He's got a four-star alert in this matchup. Now, we will see how this transpires because we're also – he seemed to be – the number one guy, mm-hmm. I think we were all expecting Cam Akers to get a bit more of the load there, but they've definitely favored him week one. Do you expect that to continue against the Falcons? Uh, he was the unquestioned number one. He had a huge amount of it, uh, snap share mm-hmm. over Akers. So you got to like that. He's on the field a lot. He has a good offense behind him. Unquestioned number one. They're huge favorites. So they should be able to run the ball with some success. Uh, I like it. I I don't love it just because, you know, he's – he's. don't get me wrong, he is a good running back. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think he's going to win you very many weeks in DFS. So good I think he's there. more of a safe play than mm-hmm. kind of the upside play you need. All right, let's talk about the upside of Javante Williams going up against the Texans. Now, he led the team in targets week Uh one. Last year, the Texans were 32nd in red zone rushing defense and 30th in explosive run rate, so he's in for a favorable matchup in this one. It'll be interesting to see the evolution of this offense in general. Just what, what we saw on Monday night, things were looking a bit out of sync, but they could get it back together against a team that is not good. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not really worried about this offense at all. They mm-hmm. move the ball very easily. They had their turnovers, you know, in the in the red zone, but they literally played as bad as they possibly <laughs> could play and still only lost by one point with the chance to win the game. Yeah, like, which they should have won. Yeah, which they shouldn't have taken the ball out of uh, Wilson's hands, but we can talk about that oh, another man. time. Uh, hack it. Just doesn't hack it, apparently. <laughs> There's your dad joke Got of the it. day. Boom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. But anyways, back to Williams. I absolutely love that he had 12 targets. That's a huge target share. Mm-hmm. And if he's getting that kind of workload from Wilson, he's going to have a giant year. This Houston D isn't scary. JT just, you know, crushed them. And I don't think they're going to be able to slow down Williams. The only issue here is is that in the red zone, him and Gordon did split the workload. They both had four attempts uh, in the red zone. So that is my one worry is maybe he doesn't have Mm -hmm. quite as much uh, touchdown upside as some of the other high-owned guys. What about the touchdown upside of CMC going up against the Giants? Now, the Giants did manage to hold King Henry in check a bit, just 82 yards in Sunday's 21-20 upset of the Titans. But However, CMC is a bit of a different animal here in that his game is very different than King Henry. What do you and expect? And the pass-catching back, Hillard, had two touchdowns on there three receptions for 61 yards. So they crushed him, uh, the Giants through the air, the running backs through the air. And... Uh, my worries, though, with CMC is workload. Mm-hmm. So he only had 14 total touches last week. Like, how do you only give CMC that much? Mm-hmm. Target-wise, it was only he had only 15% of the target share. I think they need to get him the ball. Right. And they have to focus on that. And if they're not, I'm 
really worried about CMC this year. So for you, could it be a situation where you want to see them give him more of the load before you commit to him in a daily fantasy situation? <laughs> um, on FanDuel, where mm-hmm. he is 31% owned, probably. Mm-hmm. On DraftKings at 13% owned, because it's a little on the lower side. Yeah. I think I'd be more willing to play him. Also, DraftKings is full point PPR, so you'd get a little more extra points for those, you know, receptions. How about that battle? Saquon Barkley on one side and Christian McCaffrey on the other. It's going to be a fun one. Let's talk about the wide receivers now. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams against Arizona. We've got Allen Robinson against the Falcons and Tyreek Hill against the Ravens. Of course, you know Cooper Cup is high-owned in this one. 28% is our projection on DraftKings, 33% on FanDuel going up against the Falcons. He's got a three-and-a-half-star alert, but basically he's just a walking five-star alert. I mean, come on. The hey. dude can catch yeah. anything remotely in his vicinity. He finished the week as wide receiver two, had the third most targets, sixth highest target share, and uh, 40% of the team's air yards. <laughs> Hey, he is just insane. Nobody can stop him. So you can literally play him every single week if you want. He is just an absolute beast. The thing, though, is that he is super expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rams have also said they want to get Allen Robinson the ball more. They said the same thing after Cup's great start last year where Woods didn't get much action. And they did make sure they got Woods action. Cooper Cup still did absolutely fine during that time. Mm-hmm. But just kind of be warned about that. There is some talk about that. But you can't go wrong with up. He's only yeah. guy that you literally could say, <laughs> yeah, 12 receptions for 150 seems like a decent chance. How about another pretty good receiver, Devontae Adams? He'll be going up against the Cardinals. We're looking at about 26% ownership DraftKings, 29% on FanDuel now. Entering Monday night, Adams' 17 targets were the most of any player in week one. There was a lot of talk about the competition for targets in Las Vegas. Doesn't seem to be too much of an issue. The guy gets open. Derek Carr will get him the ball. So in this matchup against that Cardinals team who we talked about when we talked about quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. what do you expect? And... Don't forget here, they are college teammates, so they had that rapport. It wasn't like Carr's mm-hmm. just trying to favor Adams. Adams is great. We saw that again. Uh, one thing I will bring up is I think that last year, week one, Darren Waller got like 17 targets. So we've seen this before where one game, Carr just hyper, hyper, hyper targets one person. Mm-hmm. It was Adams last week. It's going to be Adams most of the time, but Adams should absolutely feast in this. The Arizona secondary couldn't stop anybody last week, so I would expect that to kind of keep happening this week. Yeah, they allowed the most points of any team in week one, which was a bit of a surprise. Yeah, five passing touchdowns. So I would not be surprised whatsoever if Carr has three and Adams has one or two. Mm -hmm. So, All right, let's go back to the Rams, why don't we? Allen Robinson is another high-owned receiver in this one. He's going up against the Falcons. And uh, maybe a bounce back. Just caught one pass in week one on 12 yards, two targets, and wasn't really a weapon in that 
I guess, equation at all. Now, the Falcons did just get pretty beat up week one by Michael Thomas, mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. Each scored more than 18 PPR points. So maybe look to Robinson, too, not just Cooper Cup. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think both of them can coexist in this offense. Uh, Higby and Cup got all the targets last week. Now, I think they have to get Allen Robinson involved. He is essentially their Robert Woods, and without a third option, they are just kind of one-dimensional, and they can't do that as a team if they want to go to the Super Bowl. Mm. So let's move on to the Cheetah at the Baltimore Ravens. 19% ownership is what we're projecting on DraftKings, about 15% on FanDuel. This is an interesting one that I was taking a look at, and the Ravens' secondary is fairly good. Mm-hmm. They are a little banged up, yep. though. So how do you evaluate Tyreek Hill from a daily fantasy perspective? So for me here, first of all, let's look at the Ravens. They lost Kyle, Kyle Fuller. for mm-hmm. the uh, He's on the IR. Marcus Peters coming back from a major injury, and he's questionable uh, with a new nagging injury here. So there's some major worries as far as their secondary but then also hill had 12 targets last year or last Mm -hmm. week Mm -hmm. Tua went to him early and often and i think that's kind of their game plan going forward is they're gonna try and get hill the ball whenever they can so i think for his upside hill is still just way too cheap yeah and that mike mcdaniel he needs a wheelbarrow is what tyreek hill said and Tyreek's talking up his coach, which doesn't <laughs> hurt the targets. <laughs> Let's move on to tight end. We're looking at Tyler Higby. Just see the trend here? Yep. Lots of Rams being yeah, I, targeted this week. It's, for me, seeing this many Rams being this high owned, It's there's a decent chance I fade the mm-hmm. Rams totally. So just 18%. Well, that's a pretty hefty number. 18% on both. Uh-huh. Now, what do you make of this particular play? He didn't have a big game against Buffalo, just five catches for 39 yards. He did have 11 targets, so yeah. should still be a pretty popular target for Matt Stafford. Yeah, okay. and that's the thing is he's cheap. He had 11 targets. You don't get double-digit targets mm-hmm. at the tight end position right. from a cheap tight end very often. So it's no surprise everybody's going here. Also, Atlanta was 26th in allowing tight end touchdowns to the tight end over the last nine games. So I see why people are going there. The Rams are big favorites. They should score points. Tyler's got that meh vibe about them, the Rams, huh? I From a daily fantasy perspective, right? Yes. I, I'm just not sure about this game. There's other ones that are also really good. And... I mean, they're going to score points, so mm-hmm. can't hate it. Let's take a look at defenses, shall we? A lot of people are jumping on the Bengals bandwagon. Can't say I blame them. This is a very mm-hmm. battered Dallas yeah. offensive line. So listen to this offensive line for the Cowboys. Are you ready for this? The left tackle is a developmental rookie from Tulsa and uh, an injury replacement. Left guard, no career starts, also an injury replacement. Second-year starter at center. And right guard, you have a seven-time Pro Bowler on the right tackle. Third-year starter, four penalties versus Tampa Bay. 
and then you got Cooper Rush. Not good. There you go. Not good. And yeah, it's no surprise whatsoever the Bengals are high on defense. They should be. Yes. All right, let's just move on. Yep. Jags versus Colts. Now, the Colts haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2014. It's been a minute. Yeah. Jacksonville's run defense was not bad against Washington's rushing attack. They gave up a total of 85 yards on the ground, an average of three yards per carry. Not too bad there. What do you think of the Jags as a high-owned defense here? Uh, I can't get behind them at all being a high-owned <laughs> Uh, Washington offense just destroyed Jacksonville. <laughs> the Colts should have no issue with uh, doing the same to them. Fair enough. Let's take a look at now our low-owned options. This is my favorite part. Now we get to some, some sleepers, sleepers, some leverage. Yeah. Here we go. At quarterback, here are the guys we're looking at. Trey Lance is going up against the Seahawks to a tongue of Iloa at Baltimore we got Carson Wentz in the mix as well, along with Jared Goff, those two teams playing each other. That'll be an interesting matchup. Let's first start, though, with Trey Lance going up against Seattle. He had an absolutely miserable Horrible. week one. Not just – it was just a monsoon game. Mm -hmm. Things – it was like a no bad – do you know what I'm talking about? That I, title of that movie that's like no bad, very bad, no good day or something. Uh, no, but you can put any, any bad, uh, name or title here. And that's what he did. Okay. His game a, was there's absolutely There's a book awful. called Alexander and the Terrible, Horrible, No Good, Very Bad Day. That's what I was referring okay. to. So you guys don't think I'm crazy. Well, you can still think I'm crazy, but you know, not for that. <laughs> Just not for that. All Trey right. Lance. That's, uh, he did rank second in carries. I don't know. Mm -hmm. What do you make of his matchup against Seattle, who allowed the third most passing yards and six highest net yards per attempt to Russell Wilson in week one? Yeah, I'm giving him a total pass for last week. We saw him get some starts last year. He did well. I think he is a talented guy. We know he he's dangerous with his legs. And the fantasy scoring is just kind of broken where it gives too many fantasy points for Russian quarterbacks. Uh so there's no no Eli Mitchell, and Kittle hasn't practiced all week, mm -hmm. so Kittle could be out. This could make uh, Lance use his legs a little bit. It also takes down his targets to only a couple different options, making stacking much easier. So I really do like, you know, pairing Lance with Debo or with Ayuk mm -hmm. this uh, this week. Seahawks are also going to be without Jamal Adams. The defense yes. as a whole wasn't mm -hmm. that good. They just had those goal line stands. Right. So I I like Lance a lot. He can throw the ball deep. He can run the ball. There's a lot of different ways he can beat you. You got to think there's something about him, given that they passed on the guy who brought him to the playoffs last year, and he's just riding the pine there. Kittle was raved about Lance. Really? Yeah. yeah. Kittle has said a ton of good things about Lance. I – Lance is going to be fine. He's got a ton of hate this week. And if that comes into his ownership being really low and he is a cheap quarterback, then I like it. There we go. How about Tua going up against Baltimore? And he has a four-star alert on Line Star. He played well in week one against New England. 270 passing yards and a touchdown. 
Now that Raven's secondary, who we've touched on a little bit, they were tested a little bit by Joe Flacco, I guess. But uh, yeah, Flacco and the Jets weren't exactly the best uh, barometer no. check for that Raven secondary. Given that, what do you make of Tua as a low-owned quarterback option? So the Ravens' secondary was awful at the end of last year. They did make some improvements. Uh, Marcus Peters is back. However, he's still working back from an injury. He's questionable. We have Fuller on the IR. I think there's a chance that uh, the this game as a whole could be a little bit of a shootout. Yeah. And if so, it's likely – because two is throwing the ball and throwing it well. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing this one. This should be a good one. It could it could be a good game. A lot of question marks kind of on both sides. Yeah. Still, but uh, it it's an interesting one. And I mean, is Tua gonna make take full advantage of all the weapons? Tua's got the toys, but Lamar Jackson is. Hey, it's Lamar Jackson. He can do game. everything with his legs. Right. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's take a look at Carson Wentz. He's got a three-star alert here. Now, he passed for 313 yards, four touchdowns. He did have two interceptions, though, so we saw some good, some bad from Carson Wentz. It's Carson Wentz. So there's that. Now, the Jags blitzed an league average, but we should expect a little bit more. That's one thing to know. Dan Campbell is going to be really aggressive with that defense. So for Carson Wentz, before we take a look at Jared Goff, what do you like about his prospects for Daily Fantasy? Okay, so outside of the Cardinals and Raiders game, this is the second highest scoring game on the slate. So Vegas thinks there's going to be a lot of a lot of uh, points going up. Went through four touchdowns last week. It's the best weapons he's had in a long time. Samuel looked great. Dotson looked good. McNo McLaurin's good. Gibson was a great asset out of the backfield, catching the ball. And they have uh, Logan Thomas at the tight end. So they have, he has a lot of weapons at his disposal. And if you have a defense that uh, is kind of get aggressive, there's chances for some mismatches and some big plays, which Eagles definitely did. Yeah. How about, the, how about Jared Goff? Um, now, both these quarterbacks in this matchup have three-star alerts. Uh-huh. The Lions do have that top five offensive line. They're giving him some time back there. Totally. And, and home um, field advantage. So Detroit, this is the first time Detroit has been favored in the game since I think it was November of 2020. Okay. So it's been a minute. <laughs> uh, the team is definitely on the rise. Washington gives up 30% more fantasy points when they are away. Uh, and Goff has plenty of weapons. Washington defense does mm-hmm. not scare me. Goff will occasionally throw up 300-plus yard games and multiple scores, and I think this is a very good chance for him to do it. Uh, Lawrence last week threw up 275 yards. There's no reason that Goff can't at least do that. The one thing I have to know, for whatever reason, I've come across a lot of blitzing stats here today for Carson Wentz uh, against extra rushers, which we're kind of expecting Dan Campbell to get pretty aggressive. Yep. Uh, Wentz has been likelier than others to take a sack or throw an interception. And, of course, coordinators will take notice of that. Last season in Indianapolis, defenses blitz Wentz Mm -hmm. 31.3% of the time, the league's fourth highest rate. However, he's got some good weapons. So, like you were saying, it's a matter of getting those matchups. And 
if they can protect Lance, the Blitz shouldn't matter too much. Mm-hmm. Just exactly. all about how how way that how well they're able to protect him. Who would have ever thought that this matchup between these two squads would be as entertaining as I'm expecting it to be? I really like this game for DFS. I I think it's going too low owned, and it could be a really high scoring game. As we, I mean, Eagles Detroit last week was a huge scoring mm-hmm. game. So let's take a look at our running backs now. Cordero Patterson, Rams, 3% owned on both. And we've also got Antonio Gibson going up against uh, Detroit. We've just talked about that matchup. Joe Mixon is at Dallas. Those are the three running backs we're taking a look at first. Patterson, 25 touches, 136 total yards against one of the league's best defenses last year on his way to RB5. Rams defense is still really good, so in terms of that matchup, it always makes me hesitate a little bit. However, he's so such a dynamic running back. He is. He is. He's actually really good at running the ball. He's a great running back. Uh, Damian Williams got hurt early in last game. He's likely out again this game. That made Patterson get way more work. He may not get quite as same the same workload just because. Now their rookies probably going to play instead of being a uh, uh, off the active roster. So, but anyways, if he gets anywhere near that workload, he's a steal at his price. The Saints D was expected to be really solid, and he ran all over them. Mm-hmm. The Rams D is also supposed supposed to be good, but they were very leaky last week against the Bills. It is the Bills. They're a great offense, but we're not totally sure what we have from that uh, that defense yet. Yeah. So I like the workload that Patterson got. He's not that expensive. So I, I think it's really interesting. All right. Next up is Antonio Gibson at Detroit. Now Brian Robinson remains out. He'll be out for the next few weeks still, so nothing to worry about in terms of yeah. – uh, sharing the load there in week one against Jacksonville. He had 14 carries for 58 yards along with seven catches for 72 yards on eight targets. Love to see how heavily involved he is in the Mm -hmm. passing game. Looking at the lions run defense, they allowed 216 yards and four touchdowns to the Eagles in week one. Could be a big game for Antonio Gibson here. It absolutely could be in I don't think we need to worry about Brian Robinson, even when he does come back. Yeah. We've seen why Gibson has been such a good running back for the last couple of years. It's why I was drafting him <laughs> everywhere <laughs> I could uh, as his value just kept falling. But he had 22 t- uh, touches last week. Like you said, highly involved in the passing j- game. He scored over 20 fantasy points without getting into the end zone. And now this matchup is great so i uh i like it i think there's huge upside and i'm very surprised that more of the field doesn't go yeah another dynamic running back we are looking at is joe mixon they're at dallas this week he's the fourth highest projected running back on DraftKings, third highest on FanDuel, ahead of saquon in the line star projections Mm -hmm. week one 34 total touches and 145 total yards now dallas ranked 30th in red zone rushing defense 21st in explosive run rate allowed 
So Leonard Fournette, we saw his performance too, crushing them 127 yards at six yards per mm -hmm. carry last week. Joe Mixon could be in for a big day as well. Yeah. So looking at last year, a majority a majority of Mixon's huge blow up games happened where the Bengals dominated. Situation we have in Dallas looks like it could be a Cincinnati domination game. Big issues in, Big Dallas. issues in Dallas. So no Dak Prescott. The O-line is beat up. And it just means Mixon could absolutely feast. Last season, he, he had an insane workload. And we saw that same workload in week one. So I think we can just kind of expect that to continue. Yeah. Everything is bigger in Texas, including problems for the Dallas Cowboys. It seems every yeah, year it's just like... Man, it's been a rough... All the drama. Let's get to our wide receivers. We're looking at for daily fantasy. Amon Ross, St. Brown going up against Washington. Cortland Sutton against the Texans. And Brandon Ayuk going up against the Seattle Seahawks. Our low-owned wide receivers here for daily fantasy. Amon Ross, St. Brown. Mm -hmm. One of the most underrated wide receivers... I, recently going up against uh, Washington in this one. He's on the verge of some NFL history as well. Even I, I feel like I've also been a part of that person that's overlooking him a bit. <laughs> Most consecutive games with eight plus receptions. So right now he's at seven, which ranks third all time. If he does it Sunday, he'll match Antonio Brown and Michael Thomas. He already has the record for most consecutive games with eight plus receptions and a touchdown. That's, That's insane. Crazy. And it's seven straight games of over 10 targets. And I'll add another one. Yeah. Second most receptions in the NFL since week 12 behind only Cooper yeah. Cup. This guy's awesome. He, he's been great. He's had a huge target share. And, like, I had some worries that that was going to continue this year as Hawkinson's healthy and they brought in DJ Shark. But it is. It's still there. And – I'm going to ride with it, especially if he's kind of low-owned against the Washington secondary that's meh. I mean, even that with his quarterback, Jared Goff. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty impressive. I, Goff isn't that bad. There's worse. A lot worse. <laughs> like Flacco. <laughs> the commanders did allow the fourth most yards to wide receivers in week one. Um, also, St. Brown. See, I gotta give out all my stats. I do I a like lot of it. research for this, Let's so we gotta it. put it to use. Uh, Commanders allowed the fourth most yards to wide receivers week one. Say Brown primarily working out of the slot. Favorable matchup for him. He's working against second-year cornerback Benjamin St. Juice. He was not tested in week one. Nine games as a rookie, he allowed a 112.9 passer rating, a 65% completion rate, and 9.3 yards per target in his coverage. Going up against St. Brown, yeah. that's definitely a math matchup worth exploiting. St. Brown's going to eat. <laughs> Cortland Sutton's another one we're looking at going up against mm. the Texans. And interesting one for me here because they did kind of split the workload with uh, Jerry Judy in this mm -hmm. one. And we've talked a little bit earlier about that offense and kind of how it's evolving. How do you see this one shaping up? Uh, so, I mean, again, we – Talked about it a little bit. A lot of people have been jumping off the bandwagon of the Broncos after one game in probably or one of the toughest road environments 
Nobody likes to go play in Seattle, and they had to do that. They played terribly. But uh, Pittman just tore up this Houston secondary. Mm-hmm. Sutton is another big-bodied, deep threat like Pittman, and I think he can do the same exact thing that Pittman just did to him. You brought up an interesting point, which is a lot of people are overreacting, yes. which is something you can capitalize on. Yes. <laughs> so like Trey Lance and all these people were exactly. they- having these very intense reactions this week because of one, one performance, super small sample size, and it's important to keep that in mind. And if you're looking at it like the target shares are fine, his snap counts were fine, you know, and there's when I'm seeing that kind of stuff, like – I'm not scared. Mm -hmm. I would be scared if, say, he played way less snaps than I thought. Wilson didn't look his way, but like that wasn't an issue. So he has a good matchup, and he's going low-owned. Another good matchup. Brandon Ayuk is going up against that Seattle defense. And a nice uh, matchup for him. Judy and Sutton combined for eight catches, 174 yards, and a touchdown. And that Seattle cornerback spots, they're very young. Mm -hmm. And so he's in a good spot. And no Jamal Adams. There you go. Uh, the other thing is that Ayuk played the most snaps out of any San Francisco wide receiver. Uh, we talked about it earlier. Kittle could be out. Mm-hmm. So just more targets towards Ayuk. Yeah. Uh, and last week, once when Mitchell was hurt, that's when Debo really started running the ball a little bit more. So we could see more Debo in the backfield, which opens up Ayuk as well as one of the main uh, wide, receiver, wide receiver threats. So I, I like him. And he looked electric on the couple plays that he had before the monsoon hit. <laughs> that game looked crazy. It, it's, it was nuts. Is that fun for – do you think that's fun for them to play in or are they hating it? Because some, some of the football players are like, yeah, it's like, it's like back in when you were playing peewee. Probably a little like, bit of both. Yeah. You know. It's like it can't, it can't be fun. All right, let's take a look at tight ends here. Low-owned tight ends. We're looking at Kyle Pitts and Darren Waller. Now, Kyle Pitts in sort of a tougher matchup against this defense. It's a little – last year, at least, they were pretty tough. I mean, Josh Allen had no problem with them. I don't love the matchup. Okay. I don't. The the price is good. Mm -hmm. Uh, He got seven targets last week, which is a lot. And we know he's just electric athlete. Uh, he's just way too cheap for his slate-breaking upside. And how so. about Darren Waller going up against the Cardinals? Cardinals did give up the most points to tight ends than yeah. any team last it week. Was, it was Kelsey, though. Yeah, that, <laughs> that plays a role. <laughs> that pretty much would happen. That happened. would have happened to any team that yeah. they played, yeah. Uh, but he's at a very similar price to as Pitts. This is the highest scoring game of the week. And he really has the same type of upside as Pitts. Um, and if nobody's going here, it, it could easily be Waller instead of Adams this week. Right. But you're getting no ownership on Waller and all the ownership on Adams. It's a leverage so. play for you there from Tyler. Love to see <laughs> that. Let's take a look at our low-owned defenses. We're looking at... The Steelers, the Patriots, and the Saints. The Steelers mm-hmm. going up against the Patriots. They are the favorites in this one, but not by as much as you would think for a home team. Yeah. Just one and a half points there. 
Now, the Steelers did have four interceptions of Joe Burrow last week. However, huge blow to their defense in that T.J. Watt is out with that torn peck. What do you expect from the Steelers' defense against the Patriots' offense that looked terrible week one? So, and that's the thing, is that we had heard in the offseason, the Patriots' off, uh, offseason, in the preseason, Patriots' offense looked off. They just weren't really gelling. Just something was off. They do have new uh, coordinators there. Mm-hmm. And then they followed it up last week with an absolutely awful showing. So now they're going to Pittsburgh. And it could be a rough a rough matchup for them. It could be more of the same. They don't have uh, J, uh, TJ Watt. But the rest of that defense is so good that they should be fine. And that plane ride, not going to feel good for Mac. Mac Jones, who has back yep. spasms. Yeah. I mean, whenever I'm on the plane, I get like, you know, sore yeah. muscles. Yeah. How yeah, about you? That's true. That's, <laughs> hey, you can. Doesn't feel good on the body, is what I'm saying. No, it does not. <laughs> Patriots going up against the Steelers on the other side of this matchup. We do have some questions about Najee Harris's availability in this one. That mm-hmm. if that if he's out, that's a favorable matchup for the Patriots defense. They get a little uh, work off their plate. Yeah, and you can't really trust uh, Trubisky. Super low-scoring game. Patriots D is cheap, and we've seen them have big games in the past. So, And lastly, we're looking at the Saints, man. They're going up against Tom Brady, and they have actually owned Tom Brady over the past few years. They Last have. December, New Orleans shut out what had been the league's leading offense. Every, it's like Tom Brady's kryptonite in this It matchup. It is crazy. Uh, not to mention that the Tampa Bay wide receivers, that room is kind of in shambles right now. Godwin's out. Evans is hurt. He's barely practiced this week. Julio hasn't practiced this week. Uh, Gage is just returning. So there's some big issues as far as wide receiver form. So some good options there for us in daily fantasy. Remember, for all of that information, you can check out linestarapp.com. It's where Tyler finds all the ownership information Mm -hmm. to try to make those decisions about who to target for more leverage options in some of those bigger contests, which is incredibly crucial. Um, For this week, are you, do you have any advice after week one? I know one of the tips was don't overreact to certain Mm -hmm. players. Do you have any others off the top of mind? Kind of putting you on the spot here. I, (laughs) I would just say to make sure don't get too crazy with your lineups. A lot of people like try and try and get way too off the wall with, you know, some four string wide receiver hoping, you know, he catches a 70 yard bomb or something like that. It's not likely, and if it does happen, there's probably not enough people in the contest that has that player to really even have it matter that much. So I I don't think you need to get as crazy with lineups as you think you do. There you have it. Tyler's tips. (laughs) There you go. Now let's get to Tyler's touchdown call. All right. It's time for touchdown calls of the day. Here we go. Week two, the big Sunday slate. Where are you headed for a touchdown? You know, last week I picked Antonio Gibson. He didn't get in the end zone, but he did have a really good game. This week I'm going to Joe Mixon. Bengals are big-time favorites. Mixon has a huge workload, and Fournette just crushed, crushed that Dallas D, and I think Mixon will do the same. Guess where I'm going. The player who had the most targets 
in week one. I'm going to Devontae Adams going up against a Cardinals defense that allowed the most points and most passing yards of any team last week. It's Devontae Adams' first game yeah. at Allegiant Stadium. It's first home game. Jackpot, baby. And his grandparents are going to be there. You know they're, he's going to show out for the grandparents. They came in for the game, yep. I mean, that's the good luck charm right there, the exactly. grandparents. All right. So that's going to do it for our show today. If you have any questions about your daily fantasy lineup, leave them in the comments. Leave a, leave a note in the comments about what you think about mm -hmm. Tom Brady and his no handshake to Ryan Fitzpatrick. Pretty crazy, huh? It, it is wild. I just can't believe. I, I just didn't think he could be that petty. Just wouldn't give him a handshake. Maybe. Maybe, so he's, like ever? maybe he's just like a competitor. He did finally shake his hand. I wrote this down. Huh? <laughs> um, yeah, he finally shook his hand in the final game, his final game with New England against the Dolphins. I guess okay. finally got the handshake that had been eluding him for years. So we love a resolution weird. to the story there. Yeah. Although I can't imagine that Tom, Tom's going to be too happy with his comments. Nah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Uh, that's going to do it for us. Remember, all the information, linestarapp.com. Lock in your subscription right now, $29.99 per month. But it's a great value because you're going to dominate in your daily fantasy, and it'll help you win some of those prop bets with our new Props Edge tool. Also, tune in for our Prop Bets shows. We're having a show for both uh, underdog and prize picks where we give out the five best bets on underdog and on prize picks. So stay tuned for those. That'll be coming out tomorrow. Definitely check that out we were four for five on both last week yeah so we did pretty well so far props mm -hmm. edge is serving us well so check out again that tool is available online star app week two here we go buckle up good yep. luck to you in daily fantasy and your sports betting we'll see you guys next time <laughs>